We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. an emergency pod you heard it there it's candlestick chronicles a 49ers podcast on the blue wire network that's chris biederman over there you know him you love him he covers the 49ers for the sacramento b i'm kyle madsen i write about the 49ers for NinersWire.com, part of the usa today sports media group and chris we're gonna skip all the formalities because we got big breaking news george kittle his extension is done it's five years 75 million dollars so 15 million annually uh blows the tight end market out of the water he earns 30 million guaranteed at signing 40 million uh guaranteed for injury uh, i don't have any real deep question off top here other than your thoughts uh, i'm a little surprised that you the master of puns did not utilize the uh the kittlestick chronicles that, oh, that that's really good. I didn't even today. think about it. I, I'm flustered. 
I'm so <laughs> flustered. I'm I'm flustered too. Um, no, my my initial thought is that this was sort of expected. I, I had always believed that it was highly likely that Kittle would get a deal done um, before training camp started. I don't think there's anything really surprising about the contract. To me, it reads like Kittle's camp was probably asking for somewhere within the 17 to $18 million per year range. The 49ers were probably thinking more along the lines of 12 and $13 million a year, and they came to an agreement right in the middle at $15 million per year. And so it um, it certainly shatters the market because, like you said, Austin Hooper was getting $10.5 million a year from the Cleveland Browns, and he was the highest paid tight end in the league in terms of anybody not on the franchise tag like Hunter Henry, who I believe was getting eight, uh, 11 million fully guaranteed this year. So the deal works out for both sides. It's a great contract for George Kittle. Um, he gets, he gets basically everything he wants. He's the highest paid tight end in the league. He's up there. It's not quite elite receiver money. Um, but ultimately I think just given the constraints of the season, of the uh, sorry of the salary cap next season um it was going to be difficult to give kittle 18 to 20 million dollars a year and this could theoretically depending on the structure we don't have the structure yet so i can't speak to what the cap figures are going to look like going forward but we could probably talk about that more in depth next week but this looks like a deal that's pretty palatable for the 49ers in terms of being able to sign some of their other key guys. And we've talked about it a lot. Like Trent Williams is a free agent. Um, Richard Sherman is a free agent. Fred Warner is a free agent. Uh, Not a free agent, but needs a new contract after the coming season. So um, all those guys are free agents after the season. Warner is eligible for a new contract after next season. I should be clear. Um, But it's good news for the 49ers. It's good news for George Kittle. Both sides need each other and uh and i think it i think it's a welcome signing for me because now we get to focus on football and we're we'll be back on the practice field this weekend um and the pads come on for the first time in practice on monday so we'll actually be able to write about football things rather than contract stuff which i'm really looking forward to yeah it felt like it was going to hang over the team all season especially since i i think something that made people uneasier than normal Because Kittle was under contract, and he had reported to training camp, and all signs indicated that he was going to play this year. But the longer this dragged out, the higher the likelihood was that he wasn't going to wind up back in San Francisco. And I think that, that the worry stemmed from four, what month is it, August? Five months ago. The Niners traded DeForest Buckner, who they said all the nice things that they're saying about Kittle, or about who they say all the nice things they're saying about Kittle. So I think there was a little bit, of, I think Niner fans were kind of on, on high alert, and you saw that online with uh, the hashtag PayGeorgeKittle. I, I don't think the 49ers needed a, an online uh, movement to decide to to give t- George Kittle the money that he got. <laughs> was there was there ever a point that, that you thought this wasn't, going to get done this offseason? Um, not really, particularly when Kittle did report to training camp, like you mentioned. He wasn't holding out. Um, I think that would have created a, a certain feeling of resentment from the 49ers from the fact that, you know, they really prefer negotiating with people who do show up. 
And I think it was a good faith effort by Kittle to show up, be there for his teammates, be in the meeting rooms, um, show up in really good shape and be committed to, to getting a deal done. I, I think that was sort of an impetus for both sides to work this thing out. So, um, you know, when the pandemic hit and you start hearing about the league potentially bracing for a scenario where, you know, there could be a $4 billion windfall in revenue and how that could affect the salary cap. And the 49ers were expected to have, you know, $40, $45 million in cap space next year. Well, now if it's $175 million, they're probably looking at before Kittle's deal, roughly $5 million in cap space. So like I said, the structure is going to be really important, but I imagine it's going to work. Um, but I'm curious to see if they'll have to get rid of guys like Quan Alexander or Weston Richburg after the coming season to make all this stuff work and, and pay all the other guys um, that were mentioned. But no, I, I never felt like this was going to get ugly. Um, knowing George in the limited capacity that I do, I, I don't think he had really that type of standoff in him. Um, and I, I think it would have been really difficult uh, for the 49ers to uh, go into the season without rewarding Kittle, particularly after um, what happened with DeForest Buckner because of just, you know, trading him. You basically trade DeForest Buckner because you know you need to pay George Kittle. If they were to trade Buckner and then have this Kittle thing really draw out um, and take a lot longer and bleed into the season then it really would have been problematic from that standpoint. Um, so the fact they traded Buckner and then got the Kittle deal done says to me that the 49ers are, are sort of on the right track in terms of the way they're going about all this stuff. Yeah, and that's where structure is going to be so important. Like, I know people always say that when the contract numbers come out for the NFL. Uh, the the uh, faux smart guy thing to do is go, well, we need to wait for the guarantees. Like, yeah, no, everybody knows that. <laughs> Uh, but, but with this, it's really going to matter because of the, because of how the cap structured and because of all the things that you just laid out. So bottom line, end of the day, whatever cliche you want to use here, this is a good deal for both sides. And especially since Travis Kelsey, very shortly after Kittle's deal was announced, it was announced that he signed a contract for four years and $58 million. And you wonder what Kittle's contract would have looked like if Kelsey's had come first, but I'm guessing the Chiefs were waiting for for Kittle's to get announced so they could go just below that uh, because Kittle, I think, because of his blocking, is a little more valuable than Kelsey, but we're not going to debate that on this podcast. Um, so I, I just, I if you had told me at the start of the offseason that this is the deal the Niners were going to get and the deal Kittle was going to get, I I. I would have I, I would have bought it because it, it seems like it just seems right like it it feels like yeah 15 is probably the right number totally agree I think it's the right number I think it's good for both sides and uh I don't know how much more analysis we I don't have a lot <laughs> we really need to dive into we've talked about this contract so much over the last few weeks now I, I feel like we've said everything that could be said about it but um there there's good news is that on the horizon, maybe at some point, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of work, do a little bit of schmoozing, and, and perhaps some... get the man himself on the podcast at um, some point before the season Nick starts. Wagner? Nick Wagner, I feel confident, <laughs> is, is going to be coming on the podcast in the near future. I meant somebody else. Um, ESPN's Nick Wagner. ESPN's Nick Wagner. National platform. Nick Wagner. 
Yeah, no, that would be uh, that'd be awesome. Um, that would be that'd be very very fun. So um, I, I don't I, I until until we know what this does to the Niners cap situation this year and next year and beyond, it's it's hard to it's hard to come up with anything more than like, Hey, it's a good deal for both sides. And no matter how it's structured cap wise, I think it's going to be a good deal for, for San Francisco because there was, there were discussions on Bay area radio of like, what if they give him 18 or 20? And that might've been the case had the pandemic not hit and the salary cap situation gotten so, uh, gotten so out of whack, but 15 feels 15 feels like the right number. So that's, that's what I've got for now. Yeah, I think if it were 18 to 20 million, we'd be talking about it differently and wondering, wow, is he really worth that? Would the 49ers have been better off trading Kittle for multiple draft picks? But I think 15 is a palatable number and a good number for Kittle, and uh, and it works. All right, that's, that's all we've got to say. That's all we've got to say on that. I think not. Not so many fire takes about the uh, the Kittle contract. What if I told you he's not worth it? <laughs> <laughs> Then I would I would encourage you I would encourage you to rewatch a bunch of the games from last season, <laughs> just including the ones anti, he didn't play in. Just secretly anti Kittle. Like actually, his routes aren't that crisp. If you really watch, <laughs> it's a lot of Shanahan. Charlie Werner could do the same thing. One stat I I know Kittle's a, a good blocker, but one stat I think um, oh, is, is worth insane. pointing out that I don't know that that we've mentioned on the pod. The 49ers averaged, uh, this is per next-gen stats, three and a half yards per carry with Kittle off the field and five yards per carry with Kittle on the field last that, year. Th- five yards a carry is like an elite rushing attack. Really good. Three and a half is one of the league's worst. Yes. So, yeah, he's a valuable player, it turns out, and the Niners yep. paid him because he makes their offense go. Yep. So that's uh, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back next week with, with another pod. You're going to be at practice. You're going to have practices under your belt. Potentially. We'll, we'll get to – fingers crossed. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to talk about those padded practices. We'll get to see Javon Kinlaw in action. Get to see how D Ford looks, all the stuff, the receivers, all the stuff we talked about in our last podcast about the storylines we're watching. You'll be watching out for those, and we'll make sure to address them for sure uh, on this podcast moving forward. Any final thoughts on the George Kittle contract or the upcoming training camp, Chris? Uh, hmm. Nope. Let's go. <laughs> Excellent. See you guys. <laughs>